The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention the machine. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mention the Machine podcast. This is episode six, Habits. This one, Joel's probably going to be running most of it because we're doing it the first part of a four-part series on habits. Then this book I didn't actually read, uh, Making Habits, Breaking Habits by Jeremy Dean. Yes. We'll start by what a habit is. Habits are repeated behaviors with little or no conscious intention. Yeah, habits are, are the things that we do that we don't even realize we're doing. Pretty much everything we're doing, we're running on a subroutine that's been programmed as a response to uh, a, a response that proved rewarding to a repeated problem. Yes, I want to skip ahead a little bit. We have the habit loop, which uh, yeah, the habit loop, which consists of a trigger, a routine, and a reward. Yeah, our cue routine reward, but I also saw it in another book where it was, they added another one into it. It was cue craving response reward. So your cue causes you to have a craving, mm-hmm. which then you have a response and then you get your reward, mm-hmm. which is an interesting, it's, it's, it gets interesting because of that. Once you start noticing your cues and your what you're craving and you start thinking about you're, the response. You're skipping ahead. Oh man. See, I didn't read the outline. Yeah. So, curses. Curses. I'm gonna get. I have two fun facts, and then we'll jump into the meat. Sure. So, a minimum of one third of our waking life is powered by our unconscious, where we are operating on autopilot, which you mentioned. And there's a survey conducted in the 80s at the University of Stanford. I'm sorry, Scranton, where they found that out of 213 people, 60% of them surveyed said they were unable to complete their New Year's resolutions. Is that the same Scranton where Joe Biden's from? I believe so. Uh, did you ever see that Saturday Night Live episode where they had the, the Joe Biden on there and he said, yeah, I'm from Scranton. You ever been to Scranton? That place is a shithole. <laughs> I'm not seeing that one. Eh, funny. So, but I digest. Yes. So habits are strongly influenced by our environment. And I agree with that because I've noticed something lately. So I've got two, key, two sets of keys to my car. And I decided a couple weeks ago I needed to make sure that I always had my house key on me. So I made a couple copies of my house key. So I now have two almost identical sets of keys. One key has the laundromat fob on it. One does not. But basically, I grab a set of keys. I always have a, have a always have a house key now. Yeah, the the uh, the environment thing. There was something I was reading also. It was probably in one of the other habit books where it was talking about. Um, if you want to change your habits to change your environment, mm-hmm. which is much like you just said with that, so you don't forget your key, but also if you wanted to add a new habit, like if you wanted to work out, then you would prearrange your workout clothes and stuff, and you'd make it, you'd remove as much resistance as possible between you and the new habit. Mm-hmm. Like, so my issue is I'll go biking and I'll get to the bike trail and I have two sets of keys in my pocket. I don't remember picking up the second set of keys. I just <laughs> see a set of keys and I grab them because they're my car keys. You know how you'd fix that, though. Yeah, I put them where it's supposed to be. Now you put two opposite magnets on there. Ah. So another thing is, training new habits requires patience. Because the more you do a habit, the more stronger it gets. And there's a, um, there's a, um, let's go ahead again. Hebb's Law, which basically, easy to remember, neurons are fired together, wired together. So as you do a habit, you basically, it's almost like when you walk through a field and you start walking the same path over and over again. You start making a rut, and then all of a sudden the grass doesn't grow there anymore. That's basically a habit. Yeah, it's a, a path that you could literally carve into your brain, and that's why it becomes 
issues for people that want to quit smoking and things like that because that's there's the physical habit as well as the chemical addiction and you can break the chemical addiction within time but the physical habit it will never will never really go away mm-hmm. so most of our behavior is influenced by our unconscious mind yeah and uh <clears throat> sorry i lost my train of thought on that so go ahead so basically like i i noticed like i run on autopilot a lot and if one thing this this basically discombobulates everything everything goes straight to hell like my new habit now since i started working out and biking and stuff is i get up i go biking i come home well i weigh myself before i go out biking and i weigh myself after the shower well days that i'm like i'm running late i forget to weigh myself like anything anything that's good that, that walk puts me out of autopilot i end up not doing certain things and you know the morning routine is always a a thing that people talk about a lot and they want to copy other people's morning routines and things like that but the th- thing about morning routines is how uncomfortable it can be when you're not in your morning routine how it can throw your whole day off because you're you're taking yourself off of that autopilot and you're putting yourself fully in the moment mm-hmm. so we retrograde a number of cues often without noticing it. Like one of the examples, try not this book. The other, I, my books are starting to blur together. But Mine I, too. So, so the one book, the example was this guy worked at a company and he was very knowledgeable, and they kept asking questions. In his mind, it became all these people are so incompetent. Why are they so stupid? Why do they always always need me? He'd go home. His family wanted to spend time with them, and they'd ask him questions, stuff, ask their input. Well, then the same thing happened to that. So to, to really stress, he started drinking. It started with one, one glass of wine, then two glasses of wine, then a bottle. And they started day drinking during lunch. And basically, he didn't realize it, but he was training his brain that when you get stressed, you need to drink alcohol, and that'll make everything better. It yeah. actually didn't make things better. It actually made things worse. Because then he became, gave himself a, a chemical addiction. Yeah, the, the tricky part of alcohol. You know, you drink because you're stressed, and then you're stressed because you drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alcohol is not a good good thing to, to treat your stress with. Um, yeah, the 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 cues that are always around us though, that's kind of interesting because um, I guess what we don't really register most of the time what our cues are until we start thinking about our habits, and we might not even think they're the right cues. So another example is I'm just go ahead again the quantum Zeno effect. A system that can be frozen in its state if con- constantly observed. It's like that rule of a, that when you're doing something, things run, run smoothly. When you start measuring everything, you change what happens. Like, as you measure it, you start changing things. Uh, okay, yeah. So basically, one of the things they're saying about being able to break bad habits is if you become mindful of what you're doing, you start realizing what the cues are. An example is this guy was talking about how every day at 3.30, he'd go get a cookie down at, down at the cafeteria. Well, he started getting weight, feeling uncomfortable and whatnot. Well, he decided he's going to try and change it, and this is during why he's writing this book. Well, what he did was he kept trying to try other other rewards, because as we said, the habit loop is trigger routine reward. Mm-hmm. So instead of you, you can't change a habit, but you can change a routine because if you can change a routine and get the same reward, you can basically remold a habit. So what he started doing was he'd go talk to a coworker at three thirty, or he'd go for a walk. He found out he wanted social interaction. That's what the that's what that key was for. Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of going to get a cookie, he set an alarm for three thirty every day to go talk to a random coworker and talk to him five ten minutes and come back. Well, eventually after time he didn't even set a timer, he just started doing it. So that's a prime example of how you can basically change something by making a small change. 
Yeah, and they uh, they mentioned how the changes to change a habit, you got to make it the smallest one possible, smallest change you can make possible. So until that becomes the habit, and mm-hmm. then then you can add on to that. Um, B.J. Fogg has a great habit book out that I I actually haven't read because. I don't like the way it's printed. Um, <laughs> but uh, are you he, a kerning snob? It's it, the the their page margins and stuff are real tiny, and it just mm. it stresses me to look at the page. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. But he, he talks about uh, habit stacking, and a way to change a habit is to attach or to add a habit is to attach it to something you're already doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something like a, uh, you know, if you're brushing your teeth every night like you should be doing, and you want to add flossing. You don't say, I'm going to floss all my teeth. You say, I'm going to floss just one te- tooth. And you make that the habit that's attached to your other habit. Mm-hmm. And because flossing one tooth is such a small thing, you're not going to have a lot of resistance to doing it. But it also means that from there, you're going to be able to, you're, you're just going to, you're not, you, you're going to not be able to say, I'm not going to do it, but you're also going to probably do your, your whole mouth like you should. Mm-hmm. So, unless you only have one tooth. I've given up. I'm just going to skip around this outline as much as possible now. Oh, and we're on the, we're, we're running wild. You're getting four episodes of habits, regardless of if we're on a, an outline or not. Yes. So, a way to form a new habit is by using the WHOOP method. So, the WHOOP method concerns, consists of a wish, an outcome, an obstacle, and a plan. So, first thing is, what do you wish to change? Or, which what do you wish to make, the, make a new habit? So, for example, I want to start working out in the morning. So, then you go, what's the outcome? Well, I wish to work out five out of seven days a week mm-hmm. so then you go what, what obstacles stop me well my work clothes aren't ready or if i don't have anything set up that's going to stop me mm-hmm. so you make a plan and say well every night before i go to bed i'm going to lay my workout clothes out so when i go up first in the morning i can just grab them and go exactly and then the obstacle again becomes something that you're solving by changing your environment exactly so having certain routines can make us feel safer i 100 percent agree with this the one thing I keep beating to death is the one study I read a while ago. Because my wife gives me crap about being very routine and doing things over the same thing all the time. But there was a study that said they took two sets of kids who were taking a math test. Group A, straight test. No questions, nothing. Just take the test. Group B, they asked about a thousand random questions. Nothing to do with math. The kids who were asked all the questions scored lower than the kids that just took the test. And basically, the, the study was that we can only make so many decisions a day. It's kind of like a mana bar from, from video games where you only can only cast so many spells or do so many things. So you got like a decision bar, not something you can make a day. By having more routines and things that just are autopilot, you have more time, more ability to make more decisions throughout the day. So you're not as mentally exhausted. Yeah, you're letting the uh, the subconscious basically handle the, the main parts of things to free up your conscious mind to do higher level thinking. But about that study, like... Who, I'm surprised they had to conduct that study because it seems pretty obvious if you're taking a test and somebody keeps bothering you with stuff. No, it was before the test. Oh, they asked a bunch of questions before the test. Yeah. Uh, okay. I thought it was during their, like, no, you're no, no. trying to do some math and <laughs> no. then they're asking you about something else and you're trying no. to figure out how to divide by B. So, we probably said this right. Changing a habit by replacing with a different rule, with a different one. So, like, I kind of did this with my snack. Like, I eat a lot of garbage during the day before <laughs> I started doing all this stuff. And basically, I get rid of all the stuff I don't want to jump snacked on, and about bananas and yogurt and granola. So every time I want a snack, I either drink some water, or I had one of those three. Mm-hmm. And I stopped snacking as much, and at the same time, I realized, you're not really hungry, you're just doing this because you're bored. 
Yeah, so you didn't even, I don't know, does that even count as changing the habit, or is that just continuing the habit, but changing the, the... Well, the habit was I was eating a lot of junk food, like I was eating, like, cookies and candy bars and crap. Now I'm actually eating stuff that's somewhat good for me, like bananas for potassium and yogurt for bacteria, uh, the probiotics and whatnot. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just thinking of it because, like, the cue is, like, you want something to snack on. The You're changing the routine, really, because the routine was you were eating junk, now you're eating healthy stuff, but the outcome is still the same. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, replacing, yeah, it's one of those things, again, going back to I used to be a smoker, and I had to find other things to do with that time in order to quit smoking. Um, and I, I replaced it all. I replaced my unhealthy life with a healthy lifestyle, and uh, I probably went a little too deep off that end but a little bit just a little bit uh, performing actions unconsciously can lead to slips which is totally true like my key example mm-hmm. like some things like oh set of keys put it in my pocket oh set of keys put it in my pocket like there have been so many times i've forgotten stuff because my routine because i was just gone autopilot but at the same time something in my morning was different and caused the autopilot to, to malfunction yeah i can't tell you the number of times that uh I've been going someplace and I've gone into autopilot mode and I, like so I was thinking about something else and I wind up making the wrong turn and oh, going yeah. to somewhere else. Like there, I have to I have to go to the post office several times throughout the week just to deliver packages and stuff for my for my wife most of the time. And uh, there's a post office like right down the street from me, but it's usually got a line. And there's a post office maybe two miles away that I can usually be in and out of. But if there's a bad traffic day or if I'm in a hurry, I'll usually try to get to the one down the street. But I've gone to the one that's further away so so often now that most of the time when I leave to go to the post office, I find myself driving to that other one before I even realize I should have just went to the one down the street. That's like me in the turnpike. When I used to go to Maryville, nine times out of ten, I'm driving towards um, – I'm, toward, I'm driving east and not west. And the few times I need to go west, I've gone east. Yeah. And I now have to remind myself when I get to the turnpike, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's happened to me one time I got on the turnpike once and going the wrong direction mm-hmm. coming from, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, not Steubenville. Um, what's the main turnaround on the turnpike where you can go north or south at? That's where the one where all the uh, like Starbucks and everything is way out there. Oh, Cranberry? No, no, going, going west. Uh, Breezewood. Breezewood, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Breezewood, the number of times I've gone the wrong way coming out of there because I just go on autopilot. And... Mm. Also, habits related to the internet can turn into addictions. Say that again? Habits related to the internet can turn into addictions? Mm-hmm. Uh, explain. There's an example that um, this one guy, he um, he was he was dating this girl, and he was constantly checking his email to make sure he didn't miss a message from her. And, like, it turned into, he was checking his email, like, five times a minute. And it just became, he was so obsessed with checking things that, like, it it basically spiraled into him thinking, well, she didn't get back to me. Maybe she's going to break up with me. Maybe she's gonna, she doesn't want to be with me. Like, it went from something, oh, I'll just check my email every now and then. And it became the, like, I got to check every five seconds to make sure I don't miss something. Yeah, and that's that's why, like, most of the stuff on my phone I've turned off the notifications mm-hmm. for. Because, like, I don't need to be notified every time I get an email, especially since an inbox is such a... A toxic wasteland nowadays mm-hmm. anyway but it, it's interesting because i wonder about the effects on people that are growing around this 24-hour news cycle and how they're addicted to the news all day mm-hmm. and they think they're uh they're, they're well informed. informed but they're not they're just hearing the same talking points over and over and over again from different people mm-hmm. like when i got a smart watch that was a total game changer because like there's some notifications i even need 
like when you're working, like in a, I'll use to work in a warehouse for a little bit, like pulling materials and stuff. And sometimes like your hands are full and like your phone would ring. Okay. Is that a text message? Is that this? Is that that? But now I can filter. I'm like, okay, if I get a message from Google Hangouts, send that to the watch. If I get a message from Messenger, send that to the watch. If I get a Facebook notification, it's probably not that important. So don't send it <laughs> yeah. to the watch. Yeah, I don't have Facebook notifications on my watch either. That's like the one I, one of the ones I definitely got rid of. Because the days that, like, there's sometimes I have to charge my watch for a couple hours because, like, I've let it go completely dead and I need, like, two hours to charge. Mm-hmm. So I'll turn the vibration on or I'll turn the, 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 the dinger on. And it dings so many times. Like, oh my God, this is driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't imagine that, and it's just even like, even the red dots that show a notification on my phone for an app. Like I mm-hmm. I don't like to see those. Like I I had to move. I when I open my phone, it, it's open to a blank screen, and mm-hmm. I moved all the apps off to a secondary screen so that I don't lose track of what I was going to my phone for mm-hmm. when I open it. Because you'd open it, and you'd see like Facebook with a red number right on it. Yeah, like, oh, I gotta check that, and then, like forget what the hell you picked up your phone for in the first place. Yeah, another trick I do is like I, I silence my watch, and it's so amazing how like I'll go to my parents cut grass or do something, I'll silence my watch, and then like I'll get done with everything, and I'll turn my watch back on, and I'll check my phone. It was like. There's like a ton of notifications like, oh, not important, not important, not important. Mm-hmm. I'll check that, not important. Yeah. Oh, those internet habits. And then yeah. it's, it's a, there's going to be a whole big study probably in the next 20 years about the effects that the internet's had on this generation that grew up entirely with it. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been playing around with my focus. Like yesterday after work, um, I had some time before my wife came home. And normally I'll sit down and play a video game or I'll watch TV or something. And this time I sat down and I started working on a puzzle. And I was like, because... I noticed that I get some anxiety if I'm sitting there doing something still in silence for too long. Whereas, like, I used to read novels in silence for, like, mm-hmm. hours. I used to draw for hours. And, like, sitting there doing a puzzle in silence should not bother me. I should not be feeling like I'm pulled in a million directions. Yeah, do more float tanks. Yeah. But those those also can cause anxiety. <laughs> I've got, like, this, the one thing I've noticed is for me when I get in the tank, like, my body is so steel. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, 10, 15 years ago... I'd be losing my mind right now. <laughs> so the meth years. <laughs> adopt good habits and become happier. Yeah, um, I had a thought about the um, the the whole habit loop that we were talking about. Cue routine and reward. It's also um, there's a thing that they they talk about for, for situational awareness called the OODA loop, which is observe, orient, decide, and act. Which is basically the same thing that's happening here, except you're just being more conscientious about mm-hmm. it. And I think you can train your OODA loop to be better for you. Mm-hmm. Well, the making habits, breaking habits, they talked about the whole, their biggest thing is um, neuroplasticity and being mindful. Because basically, if you can teach yourself to be mindful of what you're doing, you can observe the, the problems. Like if, for example, okay, I'm going to get a cookie. Well, then you realize, wait a second, why do I want to really want a cookie? Do I need a cookie right now? You just ate like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a cookie? Like, by being mindful, you can actually, like, short-circuit a lot of stuff. Like, like I said, a third of our life is on autopilot. So, if you can break some of the autopilots by going, wait a second, I really shouldn't be doing this automatically. Yeah, I heard a thing yesterday that I wanted to talk to you about also where the guy said he, he named his brain because those damn fucking crickets. Because he, he, it's interesting because we've talked about it and how you're not, you're not actually your thoughts. Yeah, that's the other book. Uh, your 
brain is not your mind or whatever I forget what it's called. So it's like he, uh, if you by you naming your brain, you give it that other voice in your head. You're having a conversation with, like we talked about, a uh, big voice, little voice in mm. your head. But if you name that voice and you realize, like, oh, why am I going to get a cookie? Mm. Whatever you name your brain is going to be the thing that comes up with the justifications for going to get that cookie. Mm-hmm. So then you start to realize, like, you really aren't your thoughts. And who the hell is this other person living in my head? Mm-hmm. So the other, uh, rut- not routine, but list of steps is you can manipulate. You can manipulate. Yeah, you can manipulate your habits. First, you got to determine your motivation, and then you have to remember to repeat your actions as repetition to lead to automation. So basically, you can make you can make habits. And, like, I do it all the time, like, when I start making processes for work. Like, okay, to make this process work, I need this data in this column, this data in this column. And you guys go through, do this, this, and this. And once you start doing it over and over again, you don't really think about it. You just start doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, something would have it. Like, for me, like, my new habit when I get up in the morning is, first thing I wake up, I check to see what time it is. I check my Facebook. I check my, I read my daily stoic. And then, like, I'll thumb through Facebook or Instagram, whatever, for a few minutes, like, give my eyes a chance to adjust. And I get up, weigh myself, get ready to go ride my bike and go out. Like, that's nine nine days out of ten, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, like, now it's, like, a couple mornings I've gotten up, like, 545, 530. I've, like, beaten my alarm more times than not to get up and start my routine. That's good. That's solid stuff. Next, you'll be, uh... Up there, getting up with Jocko at three forty in the morning to work out before everyone else is up. The problem is, I need either I need to get a, a lot of lights for my bike, or I need to figure out some way to bike in the dark. In the dark, night night vision goggles, Joel. Maybe, but now <laughs> the, the cold company you have a new issue for that. Oh, you'll you'll figure out the cold, I'm sure. So the more you do a habit, the more ingrained it comes in your mind. Like though we said, neuroplasticity in the in the route. Yeah, you're Every digging time. that trench deeper. Mm-hmm. And it looks like we got through everything. Woo-hoo. That's a whole big list of stuff, but yeah, habits are habits are fun when you start experimenting and playing with them and thinking about them. Um, yeah, I spent a, I literally spent a week and a half, maybe two weeks, reading like listening to these audiobooks about habits. And I got so excited to do all this stuff, and then I got like, I just got tongue tied and like confused. I'm like, which book was this from? Yeah, a great point that I I saw was. Um, Winners and losers both have the same goal, but they just have different systems or different habits, and that's what makes the difference. Because if, if it were just about uh, wanting the outcome more, you, you, then they would both win. I believe the quote was, an idiot with a plan can beat a smart person without a plan every time. That sounds right, too. So, I think it's that time, Eugene. But that's uh, the end of Habits 104. We'll talk to you guys next week. Two weeks from now with another habit book. (laughs) Yep. Have fun. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit thementionthemachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.